This is the Full Port Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt, brought to you by T.P. Howard's Plumbing. Hey, this is Josh Howard, T.P. Howard's Plumbing. There's nothing worse than a plumbing emergency. On today's podcast, I want to introduce Jaden Kabernick. Jaden, how long have you been at T.P. Howard's? Uh, I've been here about four years, almost four years. Wow. And so Jaden has progressed along at a fast rate, I would say. Um, so you have license in North Carolina? Plumbing license in North Carolina, and then yes, you just got what kind of license? Uh, it's a specialized electrician's license for. Right. So it's under the Electrical Board of Contractors, but it's I got you. Lets us work on wiring, pretty much directly related to plumbing appliances. Right. And so, question we ask everybody: What's your morning routine? Morning what time routine. do you wake up? Go through all that. I try to be up by 6.30 because I live right down the street from the shop now, but that doesn't always happen, so I roll out of bed and use mouthwash. I don't brush in the mornings. I'm not like James, but uh, yeah, it works well. And then uh, huh? I brush at night, mouthwash in the morning. It's Last time I was at the dentist, he said it. they look fine, so <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Um, but... Uh, Grab a bite to eat and then just head over here. Shower? Start working. No shower? Not in the morning, no. Do you sleep in your clothes? You just put them on the night before? I have, I have PJs. <laughs> PJs, so I do get changed. I do get changed. <laughs> so you have a unique story about growing up. Um, your parents were missionaries? Correct. Right? Yeah. And so tell us like, what country you were in, and you've told me this before, and I thought it was awesome. So tell me about how you grew up, where you grew up, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so I was born in the United States, in Illinois, but uh, when I was about six months old, my parents moved to Bolivia in South America um, to teach at a school down there, a missionary kid school. And so that's where I grew up. Uh, the first city was called Cochabamba. Um, stayed there till I was about eight years old. Um, and there was pretty cool. We had a, we had one of the bigger houses on the block. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't very extravagant compared to anything you find here. Um, it was just basically brick and, uh, our water, like the supply for the house was just a big tank on top of the roof. Um, it would pump water up there or maybe that was just a, the hot water. I can't remember exactly, but at that age, I didn't care. But <laughs> now I look back and try to figure it out because it's interesting to me. But uh, I remember the shower we had there, they called it a widow maker. Um, it would, you had to be stepping on an insulator of some sort to mess with the handles because they were metal and it would just transmit electricity through them. And that's the way it would heat the water. But I don't know if that was um, like, it wouldn't heat it by charging it, but it would charge it in the process of heating it. So, in other words, you couldn't be grounded when you were touching those handles. You had to step out so that you weren't touching the water when you would touch the handles. Because it would go through the water, through yeah. you, into the handle, and down. But, yeah, they were pretty common in third world countries. I think they still are, um, but they call them widow makers. Um, and apparently you never messed up, right? No, I, my parents would never let me get in there for good reason, I guess. 
but you so you never used it no no i never did this is just stuff they've told me so then i had bath time at that age josh a bathtub yeah oh Oh, yeah they'd fill up a tub and it was fun yeah i don't know that i would want to do that i would definitely (laughs) no but none of none of us died so it's all good i guess um was it dirt floors or no no we had a we had some sort of tile floor. It's kind of different from the tile here, but we were upstairs and our landlords were downstairs. Um, downstairs, I think they just had a concrete floor, but I know the walls were brick or cinder block of some sort. And uh, yeah, there'd, uh, you didn't really have, well, the water they supplied was not drinkable. So every week you'd have to listen for the water truck to come by. They all had... They had different trucks for different things. Like there was a garbage truck, a water truck, um, different foods. Like these were mostly private people just trying to make a living. Um, the food trucks were, um, but they all had a different sounding horn. So, and you knew which day they would come by. So, uh, you know, if it was Tuesdays for water, you'd listen and you'd know kind of sometime in the afternoon, there'd be a water truck coming by and it'd drive really slowly honk its horn you'd have to run out with your big five gallon blue jugs um hand them to the guys on the truck and they'd give you however many you pay for back um that's how you got drinking water down there and uh same with the trash you didn't have a trash service like here it's waste pro um you would have to listen and it'd just be a big flatbed truck with rails on the side um and you'd just have to run outside and try and toss the trash up sometimes they had guys that would help you other times it was up to you to try and throw your trash up over top on the truck um but obviously i was like an elementary kid at that point in time so i didn't have to do that but it was always fun to watch (laughs) cars or anything or you cars down there yeah oh yeah yeah most of them were old uh Japanese imports like our first car was a Toyota Corolla from the 80s and it still had its speedometer and all that info on the right hand side on the passenger side Um, its steering wheel had been shifted over to the left but if you wanted to check your speed you'd have to you'd have to lean over to the passenger side Um, just a standard transmission and that that was pretty much on par for the cars down there you rarely saw a new one I don't know now I think they have a lot more newer vehicles, but at least back then it was Toyotas were by far the most common car you'd see, and it was mostly Japanese imports because they'd be so cheap. Right. Tell us this. I know, I know you've told me before, but you lived at a, what elevation did you live at when you were in Bolivia? So the first city was Cochabamba. Now that one was, I believe it's about the height of Denver, maybe a little bit higher, six, seven, eight thousand feet. I'd have to check. Um, everyone there is kind of used to it. Um, it would get really dry in the colder season and your lips would get (laughs) really badly chapped. Like I've never been anywhere that's as bad as that. Um, the second city, which we moved to, um, in about like 2009, 2010, um, was Santa Cruz. And that was a much lower elevation. Um, you kind of got down into the tropics. They called it a tropical desert. I mean, it, it had so much sand and a lot of sand storms that would be really painful when the, 
grains of sand they're flying so fast hitting your skin um but we get a ton of rain also and that one was at about 2000 feet now the city i think you're remembering is la paz and that one is up at like 13,000 feet um we never lived there we we did go there a few times for like conferences or flying out um whenever we'd fly out we'd go from santa cruz to there'd be a plane from miami that would go to cochabamba santa cruz la paz which are the big three and then back and so we'd always land in la paz and you could feel the it felt like the air was getting sucked out of your lungs when they depressurized the plane i've never felt anything like that like it's you just can't get enough air in your lungs um and so you just sit there white-faced and sick for about an hour until they you know the amount of people get off some other people get on and fly out but um all they can really grow up there is potatoes so that's but it's a very very cool city other than altitude sickness anytime you visit wow that the, the bolivian soccer team actually put their stadium up there on purpose so that visiting teams would have a hard time breathing so they still they still uh lose most of the time but they would <laughs> they would try to do things anything they could to <laughs> get an advantage so tell us and you've told me this before tell us about the food uh the food uh, most of what you'll find the in restaurants is chicken rice potato related things fried plantains um pretty much any restaurant you we would go to would be that as far as you know lunch and dinner um now the breakfast foods were a lot more interesting they had these things called salteñas which it's it's hard to describe them and actually make it sound tasty <laughs> um but it's very very tasty um never really had anything like it here it's kind of like if you take chicken soup you put a bunch of different spices in it um and kind of wrap it in a pastry but i know that at least to me that doesn't sound good but <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't taste like chicken soup that's just you know they'd have peas and chicken and or they made beef ones also but um a lot of stuff you don't really see here um but definitely the the majority of the food down there was either related to poultry or rice or potatoes especially in the highlands what was your favorite meal uh saltenas definitely the breakfast food that i was talking about yeah that was my family had a saturday morning tradition we'd we'd always go out and get saltenas every saturday morning and i remember always looking forward to that as a kid but and you went to the same school there as your parents taught at i guess correct yeah yeah the the first few years of my life both of my parents were teaching and so me and my sister had a babysitter um a local who would um just babysit us throughout the school day until my parents got home but as soon as we got to pre-kinder age we would go to the school that they were at and so what did y'all cook at home like what did you did you have it you know obviously is there a grocery store or did you go i mean you go to a market what did you go to yeah so the uh <laughs> The markets down there are almost like flea markets here. That's the closest thing I can think where everybody just has their little their own stand. Um but they were that was like their permanent 
job. They were there 12 hours a day, six or seven days a week. Um, it would just be big brick buildings that were partitioned into little uh, sections, I guess you'd call them, little shops for each people. And uh, you'd have your vegetable section, your fruit section, um, clothes, other random things. But that was the majority of where you'd do your shopping. Um, now, they did also open up some grocery stores that are kind of like Ingalls or Walmart, usually not quite as big, and the shelves were a lot heavier packed. Um, but the more majority of where we did our shopping was just the the markets that... What did you eat at home? The same thing? Chicken, rice, stuff um, like that? Uh, we ate a lot more, I guess, more variety at home. I don't really remember too much, honestly, but... My mom is an amazing cook, and she would always make our dinners probably at least six days out of the week. We would go out every now and then or have dinner somewhere else. But, no, there was, uh, for the most part, anything, any meat-related stuff was almost always chicken or sometimes lamb. But I don't remember, honestly, what. (laughs) I didn't pay attention at that age. If it tasted good, it tasted good. That's right. So when did you move away from there? What age? Uh, I was 15. Uh, this this was in 2015. Um, and we moved uh, back to Virginia in the Blue Ridge Mountains and stayed there for about, I guess, a year, a year and a little bit before we moved to Asheville. What did you move to? What did your family move to Asheville for? Uh, it was my parents' work. They, my uh, uncle is overseas in Ethiopia. And his sending mission base is here in Asheville, and that's my parents kind of got connected with all that, and it's not very far from the rest of our family who we were with up in Virginia. I guess um, so. That's why we moved here was for their work, and they actually still work there. So, and y'all go to Virginia what every Christmas? Is it Christmas? Yeah, Christmas, Thanksgiving, sometimes in the summer. Um, it's nice to have all the all the extended family is. Pretty much. They're all in Virginia. There's some up near D.C., but it's only about a three- or four-hour drive to the Blacksburg area, which is usually where we all okay. congregate. What did your parents decide to move away from there for, just to get a, back to the States, or what was the... Um, well, there was a couple reasons. One was uh, my grandfather, unfortunately, was going downhill, and there wasn't really anyone around home um there were also some legal issues that came up and our lives were (laughs) in quite a bit of danger so we had to get out okay as quick as possible so as quick as possible yeah 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 when we left it was like we left our house stayed with a friend for a couple nights in the city um got the first flight out from santa cruz to la paz the other city stayed there the night flew out to peru i mean we, we had to get out was it the government was after you or something? Uh, possibly. I'm not. I'm not really supposed to <laughs> go into too much detail about it. But we were. Um, we we didn't think it was a big deal, and we had some friends down there who were lawyers, and they told us you need to get out of here, ASAP. So we. It was a bit of a crazy, uh, probably the craziest week of my life. Um, just one minute. You're one day you're uh, living there, thinking you're gonna stay there for who knows how long, and then. Within a week, you're. I think we we got to Mexico City 
and stayed there for a little while before coming to the flying into Charlotte. But um, yeah, we didn't didn't really have time to say goodbye to many people. We thought we were going to be going back soon too, but that didn't happen. Um, couldn't happen, and uh, didn't really get to say goodbye to too many people. Didn't get to take anything at all. I think I I was able to put together one suitcase maybe. Wow. Um, but. So, <clears throat> you moved to Asheville. How did you end up at here, T.P. Howard? Uh, so, after I graduated high school, I didn't really want to go straight into college. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so, I took a gap year, and I was just working at a at a little uh, retail sports shop, played against sports at the time, and um, decided about halfway through that I wanted to start learning something useful, something more challenging and exciting than retail, same thing in and out every day. Right. Um, and I decided on either plumbing or electrical. And a lady from my church, uh, Sean, she lives right up the road here, um, she... I think she got word of that somehow or she's good friends with my mom. So somehow she knew I was looking for a job, possibly plumbing. So she came up here and talked to Barbara, I think. And Barbara told me to call and talk to you. And that's what I did and got hired. Yeah. So, for yeah. Sure. <laughs> I just can't believe it's been four years. I know. It, it, I can't I didn't realize that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's your motivation? What what drives you every day? Like what what do you, you know? I know you've you've done, you know, lots of things here. And you're moving up, you know, and we're in a challenging time because there's just no but you know you move up and there's nobody to really take your place as you move up. Um, but what what is your motivation? Uh, I guess just to to be useful. <laughs> <laughs> To, to learn something new every day, um, expand my knowledge. Um, um, I get really excited about learning things regardless of what it is. And every day is pretty exciting to me just because there's, <laughs> I learn something new every day and I just know how much stuff there, there is out there that I have no clue about. And, it's fun and exciting, so I guess that's that's most of my motivation is to just know more, be better than I was yesterday, right? Be useful, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Feel good at the end of the day when I go home, like I accomplished something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, here you start out in service, so you're not only you know learning from other people's mistakes that weren't related to us, you're seeing work that was done improperly, but then you've got to figure out how to fix it too, and fix it right. And then going from there, now you're working in residential some too, so now you're applying a lot of that uh, knowledge that you learned from acquiring your plumbing lessons, because that's more application-based than just problem-solving too. Yeah, for sure. Service, in a way, it's it, it's a lot more challenging, just because you don't know what you're... <laughs> getting into but uh but also the 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 goal is a lot more clear you're just there to 
figure out what's happening, what's wrong and fix it. Um, it's kind of cool to try and have to, you know, put lines in that aren't even there to begin with, <clears throat> kind of envision how a system's going to work in new construction residential. But yeah, I remember, uh, I worked with James Troll for quite a while in service when I was a helper and that was a very fun time <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> I was always, always really excited to get up and go to work, uh, just cause well, James, James is a great dude first off. Yeah. Um, yeah. really great guy, but we would always, uh, I know at, at the time he'd get sent a lot of the more complicated, yep. um, problems to fix. And I would, I would have my reasons for thinking it's doing something and we would usually disagree and, We'd have our argument or our discussion, and then I'd usually end up going home and Googling it the, to find out what was actually happening. But <laughs> no, I think we learned a lot from each other. I, I probably learned a lot more from him, but no, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we've had conversations about you doing different things, and but I think at the end of the day, your technical, I don't know how to say it, but how technical you are, doing things like sewer pumps or you know, lift stations and water heaters and everything else. I mean, that's invaluable to us. So, hmm. you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to definitely do that. And, uh, yeah. Anything else? Yeah. No, we no. should just talk just today because you got a unique story, you know, not growing up here and then coming in and, you know, uh, really appreciate everything you do. Yeah. I think that concludes the, uh, You've been listening to the Full Port Podcast with Josh Howard and Nate Wyatt. Find us on social media like Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search TP Howard Plumbing. Make sure to click the follow button on the podcast and give it a five-star rating if you like what you hear. 